Hey TC family, we're back again and we're excited to be here with you today. We just dropped a brand new episode and we're fired up that you're tuning in for it. Before we kick it off, we want to remind you of a valuable resource, and that's our 24-7 helpline. You can call anytime, anywhere, day or night, and a Teen Challenge staff member will be on the other end waiting for your call. If you or a loved one needs prayer or help with addiction, call us right now at 888-520-0620. We're back again with our Spiritual Emphasis 2022 series, and we're excited because Gary Wilkerson, the son of Teen Challenge founder David Wilkerson, is bringing us a life-changing message. We pray that you are encouraged by this message today. God bless you, my friends. I could take you to the mansions of Beverly Hills, And we could knock on a door and say, do you need prayer? And they might say, a lot of those homes might say, need prayer? I have a therapist. Do I need to always pray? Knock on another door and say, I have a life coach. I don't need to always pray. Another might say, my financial advisor is taking mighty good care of me. I don't need to always pray. Another might say, I have a plastic surgeon taking care of me. I don't need to pray at all. They might say, I have a chef. I have a butler. I have a baker. I have a pool boy. Why do I need to always pray? I could take you to Silicon Valley, and we could go knock on the doors of the Fortune 500 CEOs, and they could say, pray always. I invent things. I make the world move. Why would I need to pray always? I've got a trophy wife and I've got a mansion on the hillside. Why would I need to always pray? I've got a doctor on call if I get the sniffles. Why would I always need to pray? It's a little tough when you feel like the world has offered you everything to feel like you need God. But I have a suspicion here this afternoon that some people in this room understand what it is to need to always pray. You see, when you are desperate, you don't need a preacher to come up here and tell you to always pray. You're on your knees day and night. When you're needy, you don't need anybody to tell you to pray again because you are always praying. When you're hungry, when you're hurting, when you're troubled, when you're dependent, when you're down and out, when when you're in crisis, Oftentimes, the first thing on your mind and in your heart is, I'm going to always pray. I'm going to always pray. I'm going to always pray. I'm going to always seek the Lord with all my heart. I've known what it's like to go without prayer when I was self-sufficient. But through trials and tribulations and family troubles, when my own son, who is now would have been the fifth, sixth, maybe even seventh generation pastor in our family, turned from God, he turned from God found that he was stealing from us, found out that he was starting to take drugs, first smoking pot, then pills, then cocaine, then then shooting heroin into his veins. And when my own son, the grandson of the founder of Teen Challenge, David Wilkerson's grandson, was living on the streets homeless, purse snatching, crime ridden, jail visiting, little boy of mine, you don't have to tell me, pray always. When, when my wife comes to me and says, my son could at any moment overdose and it could be the end of his life. And she had this dream. She had a dream that the Lord 
took from her my son. He held out his arms and says, give me your son. And she had to take our little boy, our, our teenage boy, and put her, him in the arms of Jesus. And in this vision she had, his arms had flailed back and his head was down, a lifeless body. And she thought it meant that the Lord was going to take him home and we were needing to be prepared for it. And she said in this dream that she turned around. She turned around and didn't know what Jesus was doing. And then all of a sudden he turned back around and our son was alive, transformed, changed, healed. And it wasn't, it wasn't much longer after that that my son called me from the Santa Fe City Jail and said, I was in prison last night, totally dark in my prison. He wasn't serving the Lord. He was, he was ready to get out of that jail and, and start using again. And he said, in that dark prison cell, a supernatural, not the prison lights, no flashlight, a supernatural light came into his dark cell and the presence of God filled that cell, flooded his soul, filled him with the power of the Holy Spirit. He started speaking in tongues and he called me and he said, Dad, all the sermons that I heard Grandpa preach, all the sermons that I've heard you preach, all the Bible studies we had together, they now finally make sense. So I'm not standing up here as a theologian. I'm not standing up here as an expert. I'm standing up here as a desperate, hungry man who knows what it's like to need the power of the Holy Spirit working in my life. And that's why this text is so important to us. This text will keep you. This text will touch you. This text will help you survive. This text will help you stand. This text will help you fight. This is no mere little word. It's no mere Sunday school lesson. When the scripture says in verse 18 of Ephesians chapter 6, praying at all times in the spirit, because you need the spirit to pray. With all prayer and supplication, to that end alert with perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Now, if you've studied scripture before, you'll understand that you can't just take one verse and isolate it. It's, it's written in a context of a letter and, and, in, and in, a, in, in several verses before it. And if you've had opportunity to read the verses as we have been coming to this gathering, this Spiritual Emphasis Week, understanding this would be our text, I hope you've taken some time to read the whole chapter. And I just want to read several verses before we get to the place where the question is asked, are you willing to pray always? And that's the title of my message today. Are you willing to pray? Are you willing to take a stand? Are you willing to be aggressive? Are you willing to have that effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous that availeth much? And here's the context of this need for prayer. Finally, brothers, be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. Can somebody say amen to that? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Anybody have a schemer in your life? Anybody under attack at times? Anybody have cravings occasionally? Anybody wonder what the old world is like? I'm glad a lot of you are saying no, but some of you might be saying yes, because this is true. It says there's schemes against you. And if you're feeling those schemes, don't be ashamed, don't be shy, don't be afraid. The devil does what the devil does, but you're going to do what God tells you to do. 
to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the cosmic powers over this present darkness and against spiritual forces of evil, of evil in heavenly places. Therefore you, this is you and I, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. I love that it says the word all there, not some. All, you can extinguish all of the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Then our text, 18, and pray, praying at all times. In the context here, you see a spiritual battle. This is not a luxury liner. This is a, a battleship. We're, we're, we, you, when, when you met Christ, you got engaged in a warfare. You switched sides, and you were no longer his buddy, his partner, his comrade. You were, you were marked now as his enemy. And ever since you met Jesus on that precious day, and the blood of Jesus washed you from all sin, you've become an enemy of the devil. And all his schemes are flailing against you, and his fiery darts are shooting at you, and his accusations are coming against you. This is the context of pray always. It's not pray a nice Sunday school prayer. Pray for your meal. It's pray because this is life and death. It's pray because this is a spiritual battle. Win or lose is determined on the man or woman who prays, the man or woman who sticks with it, the man or woman like the early days of Teen Challenge when my father, David Wilkerson, stood at the 444 Clinton Avenue, or 416 Clinton Avenue, and, and the young men would come in there, Nikki Cruz and Sonny Argonzoni, and they would come into the Teen Challenge Center, and they didn't have therapists, and they didn't have a curriculum even at that time. They just had what one, what, what one resident said, they give me Jesus in the morning and the Holy Spirit at night and the, and the Father in the afternoon. I just get Jesus all the time. And they would invite them down to the altar, what they called the altar, at the front of the auditorium. And they would do a thing, you know what they called it in the early days of Teen Challenge? I don't know if they still use this word or not. It was called praying through. You got a problem? Let's pray through it. You want to go back out on the streets? Let's stay, let's, let's stay on our knees until you pray through it. You, you're, you're worried about what your wife is doing? Get on our knees and we're going to pray through this thing. You're worried about your children? Are they going to reject you when you graduate? Are you going to go back home to a happy family? You're worried? Let's pray through this issue. Let's pray through. Let's learn again, my brothers and sisters, to pray through our problems. Not just to talk about our problems. Not just to wonder about our problems. But to pray and pray and pray. That's why it says pray always on that poster over there. To pray always. Because we are in a battle. The battle comes, listen to this battle. It's cosmic. Cosmic forces in heavenly realms. That can be scary, right? Because... Heavenly is above us. Cosmic is above us. But wait a minute. That's my first inclination. Is This is not a level playing field. That, that, that this warfare is above me. But the Bible tells us that Christ is seated far above all power and principalities. And then it says that you and I are seated with him in those heavenly places. So if you're here on earth and Satan and his powers and cosmic forces are up here above you, well, then I want to encourage you today to take your seat above him in the heavenly places, seated with Christ Jesus, ruling and reigning over all power, over all authority, over all demons in hell. This is the, where is this battle coming? It's coming from a heavenly place. 
from, from, from a cosmic place. What type of battle is it? It's, it, it, it? This text here says two different things. One is schemes. The schemes, it's, it's, it's the, the word schemes in the Greek is methodio, and you know that the English word for that is methods, the methods of the devil. He has methods. Teen Challenge Program has methods how to run their program. Did you know that Satan has methods to destroy your life? He's coming to kill, seal, and destroy, and he uses certain methods. One of the methods is described in this passage. It's called fiery darts. Boom, 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 coming at you day and night accusations, mostly of the mind. You're not good enough. You'll never make it. Why don't you just give up? Go home. It's all over. You're, you're not called, like the pastor said earlier in the earlier session. You'll hear these accusations. Those are called fiery darts. When do these fiery darts come? Occasionally? No, it says on the evil day. When is the evil day? Can I, can, yeah, can I tell you when the evil day is? It, it starts on Monday. And then it's Tuesday. That's the evil day. And then it's Wednesday. Then it's Thursday. Then it's Friday. Then it's Saturday. And you think, oh, Sunday's the Sabbath. I've got the day off. Satan doesn't take a day off. It's the evil day, seven days a week. And from whom do these forces come? It says it comes from spiritual forces. The Greek word there is cosmos ketero, and it means a world ruler, one who's coming out against you. Therefore, Therefore, that's where this scripture begins to change. It says there are certain things that you and I are called to participate in, and that is, is get involved in the fight. When I was in high school, a, uh, a bully said he, 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 he'd learned that I was taking uh, some kickboxing and taekwondo lessons, and the bully said, I'm going to fight you after school. Well, he was like 6'4", 250 pounds, the middle linebacker from our football team, and, and I was a Sunday school kid. You know, I, just, I didn't know how to fight except other than a few little things I learned, but I had boxing gloves on and a helmet on and, you know, pads everywhere. Uh, but this was like the real thing. And so he said, I'm going to fight you after school. I said, I don't fight. I'm a Christian. He goes, well, I'm going to fight you whether you fight back or not. And he started swinging. You guys know what a roundhouse is? It's those really weird windmill kind of punches. He started doing that. And I thought, man, and I was just ducking and weaving and bobbing. I thought, I'm glad I was trained and I'm glad I'm a Christian because I'm not dead yet. And, and, and then I just, I, I thought, you know what, he's, he's hitting me, so I, and I just kind of put out a jab or two, and I just hit him in his nose and his mouth and his eye, and then I did, I did the one-two combo, one-two-three combo, one to the ribs, and I thought, I don't, I, I'm not sure you're supposed to say hallelujah when you're in a fight, but I was like, hallelujah. <laughs> I, I don't say that to boast, because I'm not a good fighter. I could get beat up any day of the week, Monday, Tuesday, every evil day. But I, t but I tell you what, I say that to say this, you are in a fight whether you want to be or not. Okay, you can try to excuse yourself or pray it away or fast it away or get it counseled away, but he's going to keep coming at you because he does, does what he does. But the good news for you, my friends, is Jesus does what Jesus does. And in John, 1 John chapter 3, it says, in one of the translations I love, it says, Jesus came to destroy the things the devil does. Everything that the devil's done in your life, Jesus came to destroy it, to wash it away, to cleanse it, to remove it, to make all things brand new in Christ Jesus. A couple scriptures, 2 Corinthians 10, 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but of divine power for destroying strongholds. 1 Thessalonians 5, 8. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate 
of faith. Romans 13, 12. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. 1 Timothy 1, 18. This I charge you. I entrust you Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Paul's talking to a child. He's saying, my child. So, so, so we see here the devil's not looking just for mature people to fight. He's not a fair fighter. He'll take children. He'll take the young in faith. He'll take the day one entry you know, through rehab. He'll take the day one, and he'll start the fight. And that's why the scriptures are full of this thing. I char- Paul says, I charge you, even though you're a child in the faith, so to speak. I charge you, fight the good fight. First Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight of faith. Second Timothy 4.7 says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. The reason I wanted to be here at this conference was not just to have another speaking engagement, but to challenge you, to encourage you, to equip you to fight the good fight of faith. When you can say, like Paul, not when you graduate, not when you've been sober five years, not when you've been in the ministry 10 years, not when you've been in leadership 20 years, but when you're able to say on your dying deathbed or before the day Jesus comes, you'll be able to say, I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. It's not starting the faith. It's keeping the faith. And that's why I'm here today to encourage you to do so. The text says praying. It uses the word praying four different times. Twice the word pray, twice the word supplication. When prayer doesn't work, you turn to supplication. Supplication is like, ah, help, help Jesus. I don't know what to do. Prayer is you have a specific goal in mind and you're a target you're looking for and something you want to see accomplished. But supplication is, God, I'm on my hands and knees. I'm in the desperate hour and I need that breakthrough. It's a breakthrough prayer. And so it's saying pray, but it also says this, pray at all. It says prayer four times. It says all four times. Pray at all times. Not, not just when you're up, nor just when you're down. Not when you're feeling good and not just when you're feeling bad. What does the Bible say? Pray at all times. Say it one more time. Pray at all times. all times. Keeping alert. Keeping alert. The word, the, the original language for this word here is, is, I think is very interesting. It comes from two different Greek words. The first is ah, from the letter alpha, meaning not, not. So, it, so when he says, it, it, it sounds positive, keep alert, but it's actually a negative. Keep from not, and then the second word is hypnos. Have you ever heard that word before? Hypnosis. Not hypnotized. Keep Pray at all times so that you don't get hypnotized because you live in a world that is hypnotic. It will do you in. It will lure you in. It will sucker you in. It will call you in. It will, it will, it will the, the, vo- the siren voice will whisper to you, come on back into this world. Oh, and it won't say just start off crazy. It will start off small. Just, just get an attitude. You deserve to have an attitude because of the way they're treating you. That, that you. You may think that's nothing, but you're being hypnotized to go back into the things of this world. Hypnotized is the allure of the world. Hypnotizes letting your guard down. When somebody were to hypnotize somebody, they do something to cause them to let their emotional and mental guard down so they could say, cluck like a chicken, or run around in circles, or scream at the top of your head. And when somebody's under hypnosis, they do what they're told to do if they fall into that trap. 
So Paul is saying you pray at all times so that you're keeping alert, so you're not hypnotized by the things of the world around you. That's why 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. He's trying to hypnotize you. When you cop an attitude, when you feel like giving up, when you want to throw in the towel, it's not just you doing that. It's this worldly effect. It's the satanic effect of trying to hypnotize you and fall under that spell of the things you came out of. You see, it's not just what you come out of. It's what you're going into. The children of Israel came out of Egypt, didn't they? They were slaves. They came out. Praise God. They went through the Red Sea. Praise God. They had the, the Egyptians fall in the Red Sea and all their enemies were scattered and, and drowned. Praise God. Then they went out to the wilderness and they wandered for 40 years and most of them never entered into the promised land. God doesn't want you to just to start your journey out of Egypt. He wants to get you into the promised land by not being hypnotized by the things of this world. There's an old hymn I used to sing as a child. And the things of this world grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And that's the only way to stay not hypnotized in a hypnotic world of the allure of materialism, of, of, uh, of the various forms of getting high. It's, it's staying in this place of being alert. Another word I love in this passage of scripture, all the way from 10 to 18, is the word stand. Stand. And that's where I get the title of my message, Who Will Take a Stand? Who's ready to take a stand? You see, it's, it's mentioned... It's mentioned six times, more than even prayer, more than armor, more than fight, more than anything else. This one word is, it throughout this, is laced throughout this whole scripture. And it's this word, stand. Stand firm. Stand. Stand up. Make a difference. Stand up. Believe. Stand up and pray. Stand up and hope. Stand up and dream. Stand up and believe that what God has for you to take a stand. But I want to say this, and we'll close in just a moment with this. When you stand, it's not just standing in your own flesh. It's not just standing in your own willpower. Who can take a stand? Oh, I'll take a stand. Look at me. I'll take a stand. I'm a man. I'll, t- I'll take a stand. No, you won't take a stand. You take a stand like that, and you're bound to fail. How do I know that? From this, Adam took a stand and he failed. Abraham took a stand and he failed. Noah took a stand and he failed. David took a stand and he failed. Jeremiah took a stand and he failed. All the prophets took a stand and he failed. Peter took a stand and he failed. John took a stand and he failed. You can't take a stand in your own strength. It's it's a stand of the Spirit. Stand in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Get rid of your flesh. Your carnal desire is to be tough, to make it. How, how well did that serve you when you were out in the world? I'm going to take a stand. That's the last time I'll use. Oh, I'll take a stand. Monday was the last time. I, this is Tuesday. I'll take another stand. That's the last time I'm going to sleep with that girl. No, that's, I'll take a, take a stand. All your stands failed you until you came to the cross of Jesus Christ and said, it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. James 4, 7, you resist that devil and he will flee from you. That's taking a stand. The spirit of Christ lives in me and he gives me some Holy Ghost gumption to stand up and say, I want to give in and I want to just let this thing roll off of me and I want to I go back to Egypt. But, but, but the spirit comes into you and he said, no, stand. Having done all, another scripture says, having done everything else, it didn't work. Now you stand. Having done all, stand. Stand in the power 
against the things that come against you. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. This is not a major warfare. This is not like Ukraine and Russia that's been going on now for three months, or the Afghanistan war that went on. This, this is not like the Mau Mau's fighting the bishops. It's not the blood versus the crypts. It's, 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 it, 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 it's, it's you and the power of spirit living in you, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of all things, and he's fighting your fight for you. He's fighting your fight for you. So you stand in the strength of the Holy Spirit. But what do we stand? It says, and this is a word that's not used very much in our politically correct culture, but we're not just standing, we're standing against. Another word used six times in these eight verses. We're standing against things. We live in a mamby-pamby, milk-toast, watered-down, fairy kind of church world where, 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 no, where people, are, people are afraid to take a stand. People are afraid, what is, what's the world going to think of me? What's Governor Newsom going to think about me? What's, what's the, what's, what are these people going to think about me if I say things that are against the tide of the culture? But it's time for the church of Jesus Christ to take a stand. And listen, we, and it's not just a stand for like, I believe in peace. I believe in goodness. I believe in neighborly love. I believe in joy. I believe in all those things. We take a stand for the things we do believe in, but church, we also take a stand for the things we don't believe in. We don't believe in. And so I'm against some things. I don't know about you, but I'm against some things. I'm against, I'm against Satan. That's, that's a no-brainer. I'm against the evil one. I'm, I'm against his, his, his desire to destroy lives. I'm against the the lure of the devil when he calls somebody to go back into drugs. I stand against that in the name of Jesus. I, I, I'm against marriages falling apart. I'm against gay marriage. I'm against abortion. I'm against, I'm against first, second, and third graders learning about becoming, how to become a transvestite. I'm against watered-down preaching. I'm against, uh, hang on guys, uh, uh, I'm against compromised churches. I'm against being compromised myself. I'm, I'm, I'm against lukewarmness in my heart and my life. I'm against the church being lukewarm. Uh, I'm against Christians who refuse to be against anything. We need to be against things in our culture, in our church, but most of all, the thing we can control the most through the power of the Holy Spirit is our own lives. I'm, ag I'm against the temptation that rails against me. I'm, ag I'm against the desires that, 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 that come against me. I'm against these things. But I'm against them the same way I keep alert, the same way I stand, is the same way I'm against things in the spirit. Not in my flesh. Oh, I want to get in a fight again. I learned Taekwondo. I can get in a fight again. No. This is in the spirit. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in the spiritual realm. And so the fight that you're fighting, my friends, is in the spiritual realm. And that's why the Bible says, it's not by might that I fight this fight. It's not by might that I stand. It's not by my own power that I stand. But you can stand against everything that comes against you. Some of you are saying, pray always. You know, it's... Like I started this message, if you're living in the mansions of Beverly Hills or in the, in the Silicon Valley and the, 
upper echelon of things. You may not think you need prayer, but you and I in this room today, we know we need prayer, don't we? If, if, you, if you just started Teen Challenge and you got 11 months and 15 days left before you get through phase one, you need to pray always, <laughs> right? Conversely, if you got one day left in the program, now let's talk double portion because you need to pray always. Brothers, you want to go home because you got a girl somewhere out there waiting for you, sending you secret messages? And you, you, want, to, you want to give up and, and go in? You know what you need? You need to pray through. Pray always. Some of my, some of my dear sisters here have children at home. Ugh, I can't imagine that. One month, two months, five months, six months, 10 months, 12 months. I don't get to see my babies. And you could want to say, I'm good now. I can go home. But I want to say to you, pray through. Pray always. Pray. If you're, if you're the first ones, if you just came into Teen Challenge a few weeks ago, I don't know if, they, if you invited them here or not. If you made it through detox and you're here, and you're still shaking, pray through. All right? Pray through. Pray, pray always. And then take that stand, pray through, fight against the works of the devil, and then nothing, that's good news, and then nothing can stand in your way. Nothing can keep you from the promise of God in your life. Stand with me if you would. Speaking of standing, let's all stand. Uh, Worship team, you guys are so kind to come back. I want to minister to you here right now. Some of you are in in an evil day. Could be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. What's today? Wednesday? You know what, you know what Wednesday is, right? Yeah. Evil day. So, so we needed to take a stand. Some of, you are, some of you are just in a place where you need to pray through about something. You need to get that Holy Ghost gumption back in your heart. You need to get that fire back. To, Jeremiah said, there, if, if I don't speak, there's a fire shut up in my bones. And, and, and we need to pray always that we get that fire in us so we're not that lukewarm, so we're not that compromised, so we're not that ready to give up, so we're not ready to go back. We're going to stand. We're going to stand firm. Worship team, whenever you get a moment, go ahead and start. And I want to just pray for you. I'm going to, don't, I don't know if you guys do this at your, your spiritual emphasis week or not, but uh, I'm an altar call kind of guy. I don't know about you or not. I just, I just believe. I've come to learn that the Holy Spirit never, ever proclaims a message without the power to accompany finishing that good work that he starts in you. And so he's starting something in you by saying, you're going to stand. When you feel like giving up, you're going to stand. When you feel like laying it down, you're going to take a stand. You're going to pray through and believe God. You need a miracle. Just come. Come out wherever you are. Come on, let's pray. Just begin to pray, even right now. Just pray in the Spirit. Pray in your understanding, as Paul said. If you don't know the words, Paul said, you can just groan. Oh, God, God, help me. Help me make it through another day, an evil day. Lord, I want to stand. Having done all, stand firm. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you've been encouraged and blessed by this message. Did you know that subscribing to this podcast is free? So please subscribe today if you haven't. And be sure to stay tuned for more episodes from Spiritual Emphasis 2022. God bless you today, my friends.